2: All right. Let's uh, vent together. It is Sunday night. Padres, after a really good Friday night, the last time we caught up on the wrap-up show, have uh, been embarrassed in back-to-back games, losing 8-4 and 11-2. The math on that, 19-6. Will Myers throwing the final inning once again here today. He's thrown more than a lot of pitchers this year. He's thrown more than Drew Pomerantz. I mean, he's got four more outings than Drew Pomerantz. He's got as many outings as Craig Stammen. Over the last couple of months. But the Padres lose 11 2 here today. The wild card race is tightening. They've lost two games in the last two days. And not only did the Brewers win the last two days, the Phillies played a seven or eight hour game today because of rain and they won. And they're a game and a half better than the Padres right now. So it is a therapy session, as our buddy Michael Miller, who is a member, would uh, say. And it's presented, of course, by Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. If you're a Padres fan, please subscribe. We have year round Padres content for you. Smash the like button for us. If you're here live or on replay, follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Jim Russell SD. If you want to become a member, if you want to gift memberships, click that join button down below. And of course we'll get to all the super chats, click the dollar side our dollar sign in the chat box, but a very difficult weekend for the Padres Jim, 21 to play a two game lead could come down to the final few days here.
3: They're not going to beat the Dodgers. Um, i just they're not. They're they're going to well, lose do you two or three. The Dodgers in the division, or well, no shit. Sure. But I'm just saying, like the Dodgers. Uh, there's it. It feels like you know the conceding, just whatever. But this is a hot take. To, it's not really. They beat up on. You everybody. think the Dodgers
2: are better than the Padres this year?
3: Yes, I think they're way better. Wow, It was a hot
2: take. <laughs> um, you know
3: they're 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 not going to win a series versus them. They are not going to sweep them. They are not going to hold their own against the Dodgers. They you might think? do. They might, by a miracle, if they meet in the postseason. But the remaining three games don't have much confidence in this team to compete with the Dodgers. Um, with that being said, you have now again put yourself in a situation by not uh, taking care of business earlier in August, where you are. I mean, this thing is, is this thing is tight this is a tight as you're going to see it? You're two games up, technically three because you hold the tiebreaker. Thank God for the tiebreaker, but it goes down to again, John. We talked like, where would you rather have? Would you rather have the Padres schedule or the Brewers schedule? Even the Brewer, even though the Brewers literally can't beat anybody below 500.
2: Well, we say that, but the Brewers just beat a team below 500 back-to-back days um, know. in Cincinnati. Now, here's the thing. The Brewers' schedule actually stiffens up a little bit this week. They play two in St. Louis, then three against the Mets, and three against the Yankees at Miller Park. So their next eight are actually challenging. And that's a little bit of a silver lining here, but the Padres' schedule is really challenging. Seattle, they're going to throw good pitching at you both games of that series, uh, including Luis Castillo, who's got like a 2-8 this year. And then you're going to Arizona. Arizona's played good baseball. You still have Colorado on the road. You still have the Dodgers. You still have the White Sox. have been blah, whatever. Uh, Giants again. I mean, none of it's easy. 21 games to play. None of it's easy. And you're at risk of one team getting hot. I mean, if Milwaukee closes by playing good baseball and you don't, then you're left at home for a second consecutive year saying, wow, we had a one-in-100-year collapse again in back-to-back like, seasons. And just to go back to the whole Dodger thing um, – Obviously,
3: they're a far superior team than you, but the disappointment to see how wide this gap is, is kind of alarming. (laughs) Just like the gap, John, it's massive, even after the trades you have made. It is a massive gap between you
2: and the Dodgers. And I know it's, well, and I know it's I think for every it's team massive in baseball. Between the Do- yeah, I was going to say, I think it's a massive gap between most teams and the Dodgers, to be honest. But guess what? You're in the, their division,
3: so you have to worry about them. You don't have to worry. About, if, the, if the Twins were this good, right, or the White Sox or uh, the, the you know the Yankees, right, who cares? They're in the, the, they're in the AL. They're in the American League. They're not in your right. division. You're dealing with the Dodgers every year for eternity because you're in their division. Well, and yes the gap there is massive.
2: Yeah, yes and no. I mean, the expanded playoff obviously benefits the teams that aren't as dominant as the dominant teams. Also, you don't play the Dodgers as much moving forward. I mean, next year, they'll play them 12 times, not 18. I mean, you could finish 20 games out in the division and beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. I agree with you. I think the difference between the two teams is significant. There's no question about it. But it's not like the Dodgers are keeping the Padres out. 15 years ago, the Dodgers could keep the Padres out. 15 years later, you could get in being 25 games behind the Dodgers. Well, the Dodgers can also very keep well
3: from... Yeah ever winning a division or hosting a home playoff series
2: well no not not necessarily i mean potentially that wild card round maybe but if you win the wild card round you could host a playoff series or have home playoff games so instead I mean, of it, so
3: you're competing with every other team in the national league and when you when you try to go to get the four seed instead of just competing with the Dodgers in your division. Like that's the that's the biggest problem.
1: Yeah.
2: I listen, I agree with what you're trying to say. Here's the deal. I mean, the Dodgers have been like this for 10 years. And even if you were in the National League East this year, you'd be trailing those teams by 15 games. If you were in the NL Central, you'd be trailing the Cardinals by what five to ten games right it's now. Just, so like this it's, team's not positioned to win any division in maybe the AL Central.
1: Other than right, that,
2: they'd but, be nowhere near the top of any division in baseball. They haven't played well enough. It's just a massive disappointment
3: from the moves that you have made, the money you have spent to still have this wide of a gap. That's just my, that's my point.
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, if the Padres would have won this series, I don't think a lot of people would have said the Padres necessarily have, I mean, maybe they would have said it if they've closed the gap. Oh no, they wouldn't. You don't think they would have have have... said the gap was closed if they won two out of three?
3: No, I think they could, you could have said, well, at least thank God they finally competed with the Dodgers.
2: Well, that's more than competing though. If you would have won a series, right? But they're not even competing, John. They're getting their asses kicked. Yes and no. I mean, obviously, the last two series have been better than the series before it. I mean, they won at Dodger Stadium last weekend in game one. They won in extra innings in game they're, one at Petco. They're 4-21 and in the last 25 games
3: against the Dodgers.
2: True, and they're 2-4 and four in these last two series against the Dodgers. And we said 3-3. Three and three in these last six games against the Dodgers would be doing pretty good work. They're one and two. So can they go two and one in that last series? I'm with you. I don't have a lot of confidence. That I have I mean, confidence. This idea that the Dodgers are clearly better than the Padres is like the idea that the sky is blue in San Diego. I mean, obviously. It's not even like a, a that. conversation. Who disagrees with that? Nobody disagrees with that. The sky is blue. Well, if you're colorblind. Oh, but who disagrees with the fact that the Dodgers are better than the Padres heading into the series or heading out of it?
3: Nobody should and nobody will hopefully disagree with that because that is the clear-cut, definitive 100 out of 100. Nobody's taken anybody else as far as the Dodgers being better than the Padres. That is a 100% certainty at this moment in time.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh, Vector, thank you for the super. He says, uh, might as well fight for the sixth seed to avoid L.A. Can't win. Um, Well, right now, the sixth seed is more likely than the five seed because the Padres are a game and a half behind the Phillies who have an easier schedule than the Padres. Um, At this point, just get in. Whatever the seed is is what the seed is. And you can't even worry about the second round when you still have to worry about the first round, playing like a St. Louis or an Atlanta or the New York Mets. Just get in. And take your chances. I would say at this point, regardless of seed. Yeah, I
3: at this point I don't care where they're at. Just get in, like it doesn't matter to me, and it hasn't really mattered to me. I mean, it's fun to talk about, like, oh, they could potentially get the five seed, and you look in here, Mm -hmm. here, here. It's like, no, 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 no. You get just get in, okay? Don't don't have this be another not embarrassing season, but another just major disappointment of a season. By you having this wild card lead and being in the playoff picture for majority of the season and then you lose it in the final stretch of the season because you one can't compete with the Dodgers and two,
2: again, blow it blow it all away. Well, timeout. Yes, I mean, it would be utterly embarrassing. You expand the playoffs. You've got the highest payroll in franchise history. You were seventeen games over over 500 in May, and you miss out. It might not be as embarrassing as last year, but it's utterly embarrassing. You're to right. miss out on the postseason. If they miss the postseason, it's not disappointing. Mm. It's embarrassing. It's damning. It's one in a hundred years all over again. You got six of 15 teams going to the playoffs. You're spending as much as anyone but the Dodgers. You were in position literally all year and you miss out in the final two weeks. And it's hard to like, be pretty damning. Like we've
3: talked about how many times can you just say someone's got to go after an embarrassment? And keep cycling through things. Uh, uh, like you said, it would be a massive disappointment and, a, and an embarrassment if you do mm-hmm. not make the postseason with this roster. But then, of course, the immediate question after that is, well, then, one, how does it get fixed? And two, just do people need to be fired or do does some what needs to change? Yeah. And you're thinking it's like, can maybe that not happen, but then at the same time you're thinking, well, someone has to take the blame for this and someone has to maybe walk the plank for this because you're right. Like this is embarrassing.
2: Someone will. I mean, it won't be, it won't be the head hot. Well, the right think?
3: person will, will the, will the right probably person not.
2: Probably, not, probably not, probably not. I mean, this is a, this is a great point from JD's third. Unfortunately, there's no, there's oh, no, no, we're not here. <laughs> No, no, no he, I think that. he's saying, so do we, so do we, not, not really we, are we, he's in basically general. saying like, I think he's saying like, are we just going to look past this? If this what no. indeed does happen? Well, there's not really an option. I mean, Juan Soto as a Padre in 32 games, 218, 381 on base, 345 slugging, 726 OPS. This is about 170 points lower of an OPS than he had in D.C. with the Nationals in 101 games. I mean, it's been really bad over the last two-plus weeks. Um, that continued this series against the Dodgers. 21 games left. I mean, do we have confidence that this, that this can be turned around in that short period of time or not? I First off, I think me and you
3: both agree. You take Juan Soto on your team every day of the week. Yeah, I'd make the trade again. You make the trade again. I make the trade again. I think 95% of the people would make that trade again um with that being said like you got to be a lot better man this 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 is the time that this team needs you the most before you make the postseason you know obviously you make the postseason then they need you obviously there but mm-hmm. you got to get in first and if you're performing like this and you're being a, a a a a reason and it's a pretty big reason why you might be struggling and not winning games it's like that's a problem and He needs to be a lot better, not just a little better, like a lot better. The on-base stuff is fine. It's great. 371, okay, great. But that's not what he was brought here to do. He was brought here to drive in runs, be a guy that is in the middle of everything, come up big in clutch situations, and hit for power because this team was lacking power in the outfield. And you get Juan Soto, theoretically, the best, one of the best, if not the best power hitters for one outfield and he like just can't hit an extra he, had, he has seven extra base hits in his time here in the in san diego john mm-hmm. that's not good enough and he has to be Yo, a it's lot not, better
2: yeah i mean i saw you tweeted about it uh you said Juan soto needs to be better you said joe musgrove needs to be better and yeah. you're right they do and it's not just by the way i look up and down you're right i mean listen heavy is the head that wears the crown but Look at a game like this. I mean, Hassan Kim leading off, zero for four. Soto, zero for three. Walk. Machado, zero for three. Bell, zero for four. Myers, zero for four. That's your that's your one through five. Your one through five had zero hits until Eggy Rosario pinch hit for Manny Machado. So you're not winning when Machado, Soto, top five in your lineup don't have a hit against the LA Dodgers. Um, it felt like kind of uh, you know a tale of two games. You had a 2 nothing lead in the fifth inning. Did it feel tenuous? Of course it is. it did, because Joe Musgrove has pitched poorly in the second half of the year. He's pitched really poorly. He's got like a 5 ERA. Since the All-Star break, he allowed a couple home runs in the fifth inning, and then it completely unraveled. More runs in the sixth inning. Craig Stammen came on, was ineffective, allowed a grand slam. Shoot, Will Myers pitched the final inning of this game. To have a 2 nothing lead in the fifth inning at home to an 11-2 loss should never happen. I mean, that should never happen. You had your ace on the mound with a two nothing lead in the fifth inning and you lose 11 2 like that literally should never happen over the course of a year. And it happened this afternoon in a game that they kind of had to have like to the whole crowd that says he'll be fine. I agree
3: with you. Juan Soto, I think over the next two years and potentially hopefully in the playoffs will be fine. But that needs to turn around like now. You can't Mm -hmm. just be okay with and content with him going over three every game. And not driving in any runs or producing any power, you can't. And if you're content with that, then okay. But I I want this team to win now, and you can't just continue to say he'll be fine. Well, when is he going to be fine? Like when? How much longer is this going to last? This needs to turn around now. And and like you said, today you have a two nothing lead in the fifth inning, and you lose eleven to two. First of all, why the fuck is Craig Stammen on this team anymore?
2: I don't I mean, understand. Well, that. he was activated what today
3: yeah, he was, he was called up for Nabil Christmas. was sent down. Like what the fuck kind of move is that?
2: Yeah. I don't know. And, and I matt mean, has been bad
3: too, but, but, and, and now we got to talk about Joe Musgrove. Like I have, I have faith in Joe Musgrove, but look, if you are going to be the ace of this team and you're going to be a guy that wants to be slotted one, two, three, like you gotta be better than this, man. You gotta, you gotta be better. And since the all-star break, he's had a couple good outings. Um, but he has not been as consistent. Um, I don't know if it's a mechanic thing. I, I, I would say that I'm less, as weird as it sounds, I'm less worried about Joe Musgrove than I am about Juan Soto. If that makes any sense.
2: I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. I mean, Joe Musgrove. I'm still concerned. Has, I mean, first of all, he's allowed a home run. I want to say nine of his last 10 outings or 10 of his last 11. He's been ultra hittable. He's leaving pitches way too often over the plate. It happened again here today um you know he was cruising through four but a- again it's like if you can't get through when are you gonna step up in a big moment you know and you look at Joe Musgrove's second half I'd have to pull up his day by day and of his last 10 11 starts eight or nine of them have not been good I mean it's as mm-hmm. simple as that and it's not just the Dodgers starts but I-, I don't have a lot of confidence that Joe Musgrove's last four starts this year are gonna be better than what I've seen over the last 10 or 11. Why would I? I mean, he's been so hittable. He's been really hittable. That continued here today. Um, They've had no fix for months. The All-Star game was in July. It's the Mm -hmm. middle of September. They've had no fix for him. Um, You know, he hasn't been showing an iPad, but he's been bad for an ace. I'll tell you that right now. He's been really bad for an ace. He's got one win since July. One win. Is it one or two? Is it one? That's one since the break.
3: So he's what, one in six, one and seven? I think it's one. Yeah. Well, I think he's one in six. Yeah. With a f- mid four ERA, he's not been shamanaya bad because shamanaya is unpitchable. You can't pitch the guy. Like, they just, you can't even pitch him at all unless it's in mop up duty. Yeah. Which happened um, yesterday. The only guy that you're, that you feel good with on the mound right now and that you feel like he's going to be consistent for you every single time out you, Darvish. Mm-hmm. Even Blake Snell will have a blow up like he did on Saturday. Yep. So, like, He's got to be better. It's it's just plain and simple, and he knows that. This team knows that. He'll say it. Same thing with Juan Soto. Like not just a little. Like again, not just a little better. Like a lot better. Like now. And to all the, it's fine. He's going to be fine. Crew out there. I agree with you, but that ends like now. <laughs> the the he'll be fine. Crew ends now. He needs to be better. You can't wait. Yeah. Anymore.
2: Unfortunately, it's not that easy. You know. I mean, it's easy to say it but it's not as easy as that happening. I mean, it may or may not happen if it doesn't happen. You know, unfortunately we could say it until we're blue in the face, but there's no guarantee his next 21 games are going to be better than his last 21. And I don't, it could be the reason why they missed the postseason. you know? And and I don't buy the whole, he got his money. He's content. Like, no, I don't, I got his money. Oh, we're talking, are we talking about Musgrove now or Soto? I'm sorry. You're talking about Musgrove. I was talking about Musgrove. Like I I see people saying
3: he got his, he got his bag and now he's, you know, shit. I think I still would have made that move because right-handed pitchers like Joe Musgrove on the market could have made more than that. So I do the five years, 20 million every day of the week.
2: I need a calculator. I'm going to pull up his ERA. I want the, let's see, his last 11 games. He came in in his prior 10 with a 5-1 in his prior 10. That'll go up after today Mm -hmm. um 35 divided by 60 times nine equals an era of five and a quarter in his last 11 starts for your ace five and Mm -hmm. a quarter in his last 11 starts so not good
3: man not good
2: it really has not it really by the way i'm i'm going on
3: a blocking spree tonight in the chat (laughs) yeah i see that i'm not even like i don't know what's happening dodger fans have infiltrated the chat so um
2: all right. Well, if you're a Padres fan, please subscribe. We have your year-round Padres content for you. Please smash the like button for us if you're a Padres fan. Please consider a super by clicking the dollar sign in the chat box down below if you want to interact with the channel here tonight. If you want to become a member, you can click that join button down below. We do want to remind you that this channel is made possible by Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. Mark Nimitz is your guy if you have insurance needs. Auto, home, renter's life, earthquake insurance needs please get in contact with Mark Nimitz. There's a link down below for his website. He can save you $750 on your insurance needs this year by switching to him, $750. That's a lot of money. I have my homeowners and my earthquake through Mark. He saved us literally thousands of dollars when when we had a claim late in the spring or early this summer. He took care of everything. He's a great insurance agent. He's got great service and communication. Again, we've got our insurance through Mark. And if you want to support a local business that does business, With the wrap up show, a San Diegan that is a huge Padres fan. We've been talking all night long. In fact, please get in contact with Mark Nimitz, the link for his website down below.
3: Yeah, all this information always is above my head. Mnimitz at farmersagent.com. When you reach out to him, let him know that John and Jim from the wrap up show sent you.
2: You know, it's like it's just tough when you lose games where Manny Machado hits two home runs. When you lose games when you've got a two nothing lead and you're ace on the mound in the fifth inning, and I get it, they're playing a really good team. Um, Bob Melvin, you could sense the frustration in his voice post game today, (laughs) saying like they needed. What are you laughing at?
3: Some guy in the chat said, "You're giant puss if you block people," and I just blocked (laughs) him.
2: Good. Um, You know, Bob Melvin, you could sense the frustration after today's game. He said like this is a game we really put a lot into. We knew the importance of this game. The idea of winning a series against them for the first time since the middle of 2021. Padres have lost eight consecutive series now to the Dodgers. Going back to last year, and obviously they weren't up to task here today. There was that other story on Melvin. I'm just going to read through it because I didn't follow it um, overly closely, but I read Kevin Ac's yeah. article this morning where he writes, Melvin clarifies comments, construed as dissatisfaction with the Padres analytics department. So this is from Acey. Um Melvin on Sunday clarified comments he was said to have made regarding the analytics information he's receiving. Melvin maintained he's getting all the data he needs. And the primary difference he initially expressed was that he is not as beholden to analytics with the Padres. He then was quoted as saying, I'm getting a ton of information. It was in a podcast with David Cohn, where David Cohn said, Melvin lamented to him in a conversation before a recent ESPN broadcast that the information he is getting is lacking. This is Cohn. He told me one thing he misses about not being in Oakland is the analytics because the San Diego analytics department wasn't on par with the Oakland A's analytics department in particular matchups for his bullpen late in the game. He wishes he had the information he had with Oakland that he doesn't have with San Diego right now. Melvin then said this, he asked about the analytics. My point was in Oakland, you have to be disciplined with analytics. We have in deploying matchups in the game here. You don't have to be as much. That's really where I think he got it. Plus I was referring to R and D research and development because that's what we call it here and maybe he thought we don't have analytics that we deploy we do have it we have a big department i think he just got confused in what i was saying and the fact that we have leeway to do what we want as far as pitching matchups during the course of a game where in oakland you have to be really disciplined with what the sheet in the dugout tells you to do what do you think that's a lot
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean is it I think at the end of the day, maybe you just chalk it up to miscommunication or yeah, maybe the, he was thinking think of something different. Um Look, it's no secret that the Padres and legs apartment is closer to the bottom of the league. It's just, that's just a fact. And you see teams like the rays and Oakland, I think Oakland might be middle of the pack, but I know like you, the rays are top. It's no coincidence that, Analytics has been a kind of discussion here with the Padres and Bob Melvin because he's he's come from an organization that used a lot of analytics to an organization that is not, I don't say they use don't use a lot of analytics, but an organization that is towards the bottom of the league.
2: And I analytics. mean, you know, I would just say this I mean, if I could play devil's advocate, I mean, according to whom?
3: Well, according to like baseball metrics and their department and how many people are in the department and
2: what baseball metric.
3: Well, you heard from Bob Melvin right there. He's just said like, we are free to do our own thing.
2: But that, but he didn't say that he doesn't have, he actually was also quoted saying, I'm getting a ton of information. And so, but I'm saying, I I don't know if there's like a one through 30 ranking. You know what I mean? I think it's easy to say. I think, you talk hey, to Dennis Lynn, and if you analytics. ask him about the
3: Dennis if you if you talk to the, anybody that covers his team i th- i would think
2: that they would tell you that the analytic department is not um, I know Dennis has written about it but i mean i again i don't know if you can like pinpoint like so do the giants have a better analytics department than the padres and how do we know that maybe maybe not say better but you
3: could maybe say like they try to utilize analytics more and they have a bigger analytics department and I mean, you won 107 games last year, predominantly because of analytics. I mean, but then why aren't they
2: winning 107 games this year? You know,
3: I mean, good point, but
2: <laughs> different players. I just think so, it's—I think it's an easy scapegoat, a little bit. I'm not saying AJ Preller does it well. I have no clue how they use it. I'm just saying, like, do we know the difference between the Phillies' analytics and the Padres' analytics?
3: No, but also you can just use your eye test, and you can see every like majority of players that come through here the example Trace Thompson and mm-hmm. then they get shipped off somewhere else and they ball out with like the Dodgers it doesn't I mean it, it isn't that a weird coincidence how that happens a lot
2: I don't I guess I mean and then we just say it's analytics like the analytics that Josh Naylor receives in Cleveland are better than the analytics he gets here or the analytics that Ty France seen- gets in Seattle are better than he gets here that's just always the case everywhere. Well, Eric Lauer
3: said so. Uh, Cal Quantrill has said so, like blatantly saying things like, "When I was in San Diego, they weren't telling me, you know, the stuff I was being told here, and when I was told stuff here, it just was different than in San Diego."
2: Yeah, no. I mean, listen. I think the points are valid. I do. I mean, are we going to blame Juan Soto's struggles on analytics? You know what I mean? Like, where does it end? Oh like, no, no, no. At no, what no, point no, is no. the player? At what point are we going to blame Joe Musgrove second half on analytics? Were the analytics really good in the first half?
3: You, I would, I would put blame on analytics on player development with, okay. pe- with, with young players in your or in your organization. I would put it on, um, maybe matchups with certain with certain players or certain certain whatever and i would put it a little bit on just the overall success of a team just because maybe you tell a guy to do this instead of this right and they have to buy in first off but it just seems like here it doesn't work all the time and when other places it works a lot
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably... Listen, I don't think the Padres have the best analytics department. I also don't know what percent role analytics plays over the course of 162. Is it worth one win or is it worth 100 wins? I have absolutely no idea. And I also think it's it's a dangerous game to play when you're comparing anything to the Dodgers right now.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar.
0: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the Filet-O-Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba
0: ba ba The Dodgers right.
2: for 10 straight years have averaged 100 wins per season. They're 20 games better than the Padres. The idea that Trace Thompson would be better with them than he is with the Padres doesn't shock me because everything about the Dodgers organization is obviously right now superior to the Padres organization. Shoot, it's a better lineup. So when Trace Thompson gets plugged into the Dodgers lineup, there's a lot more around him than he had even in San Diego. So the point's valid. I understand it. But like this idea that Oakland's got this vastly superior analytics department because of Moneyball from 25 years ago, really? Then why is Oakland? Well, they also, they also had really good players. Well, they're exact, that's kind of my point. When Bob Melvin was managing the A's, didn't they have a good team? They did. But were any of those teams <laughs> vastly superior than this
3: Padres team talent-wise?
2: No, maybe but those teams also didn't. Maybe, but also those teams didn't have vastly more wins in a season than this Padres team. What did those teams win? 90 games? Um, mid-90s. John. Did he have a 100-win team or no? He didn't have a 100-win team, did he? never he? had a 100. No, he did not have a 100-win team, but... Right.
3: But but also look too like the job of a coaching staff, the job of an organization is to f- not only fix players, but help them out. I'm not saying that these guy that the reason why Juan Soto is slumping is because of that. But Juan Soto is slumping mightily right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe he needs a little help and whatever that he's getting isn't working. And there therein lies maybe a little bit of a problem, but I'm not saying it's the, the end all be all by no chance Mm -hmm. but it but you can't tell me that there's not a at least a a little problem there to maybe a potentially big problem
2: with development of young players yeah but yeah it's probably true I, i think i can already see the scapegoats though i can already see like the way this is gonna be framed when if they miss out on the postseason it's like well they need to once again over uh, they completely need to overhaul their minor league system. new and the way coach, analytics. Knew this guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, maybe, or maybe, to your point um, and our collective point, maybe Joe Musgrove needs to throw better in the second half. Maybe Juan Soto needs to perform better. Maybe Fernando Tatis Jr. needs to stay on the field. Like, There's a zillion things you can point to if this team does not reach the postseason, and I guess one of them will be analytics. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, John and Jim with you here on The Wrap-Up Show. We do want to remind you that this page is made possible. This Wrap-Up Show channel is made possible by Omar Sanchez at Edge Home Finance. Omar has been with us for the last few months. And you got to make sure to check out his brand new website, loansbyomar.com, loansbyomar.com. Also, please uh, give him a follow on Instagram, loans.byomar. Again, loans.byomar. Omar is here to help all Padres fans with their mortgages. You can check out that brand new website, all the resources you need, loansbyomar.com. Scan the QR code on the screen, or you can text Omar literally seven days a week at any point during the wrap-up show as well, 619-387-7798, 619-387-7798. He is your San Diego native mortgage broker, San Diego State alum, huge Padres fan. If you're looking to get into your dream home, he can help you. If you want to refinance to consolidate debt, he can help you as well. If you're in the process of buying or refinancing and you want a second opinion to make sure you're getting the best deal possible, just call or text Omar. You're going to get a free consultation. And again, at the website, click the education tab for all the resources you need. And again, please give them a follow on Instagram, Omar on Instagram.
3: Or text them, 619-387-7798. When you reach out to our buddy Omar, let him know that John and Jim from the wrap-up show sent you.
2: I'm seeing some... Preller is the issue comments coming in. And again, I mean, it's not to say that he is without criticism. (laughs) We've been very critical, uh, not necessarily since the trade deadline. How about one time
3: Um, these players fucking play better? That'd be cool. Like, that'd be cool if Joe Musgrove, as soon as he gets, I'm not saying this, as soon as he gets it paid. Like, it'd be nice if he had a good full season and not this Mm -hmm. stretch here where it's shit. You know, it'd be nice if Juan Soto, who was traded here, actually performs like Juan Soto for a majority of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying slumps are, you can't have a slump, because everybody has slumps. But this is fucking bad, man.
2: Yeah, it is, and it's going to get real tough in Seattle. Logan Gilbert's had an amazing year. He'll face you Darvish Tuesday, and Luis Castillo's had an even better year. He's got a 2-8. Those are the two pitchers you're going to face in Seattle Tuesday, Wednesday. Then you go to the desert, where you don't play well ever. They've played all right this year against Arizona. No question about that. But can they do it this upcoming weekend? We're going to find out. Let's get back to some of these Supers. Thank you guys for the Supers and your support of this channel. Click that dollar sign in the chat box down below if you want to support the channel with the Super. We interact with all the Supers every single night. So Zay Gooby says, we have a terrible coaching and development staff. That's why prospects and free agents and trades blow up in our face along with analytics. Manny Machado was a pretty big free agent signing. It's worked out fairly well. He's having a great year,
3: but it, but it's it's I think more of this is you can maybe chalk a lot of this up to just coincidence, and it's a crazy coincidence to see a lot of times when you this team trades for somebody or they sign someone to a big contract that they just don't like perform or live up to it. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes it it is just a very
2: weird coincidence how that
3: seems to happen a lot.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's fair. It does happen. There's no question. I mean, I will just say this. Like you look at, you know, the Padres this year are what's the record? 77 and 64. So, you know, it's is that, not is, is all that what you expected? Bad. Well, again, that goes back to the question. I mean, kind of. If someone would have told us no Tatis all year, now yeah. you also got Soto at the trade deadline, so you could say that's you know a washout come yeah. deadline. But I mean, seventy-seven and sixty-four. I mean, is it an utter embarrassment the way they're playing? Although I'm telling you that if they miss the postseason, it's an utter embarrassment. So maybe they are. I mean, there's just they're walking a very fine line. It's a tightrope where you have to be on the right side of it with this team. We said mm-hmm. from day one, there wouldn't be legitimate excuses to miss the postseason. I still feel that way. Now they're still in position to make the postseason, but it's super tenuous. Ridiculously right. tenuous. They're a week away from being two games back of the Brewers, or they're a week away from being four games up or five games up on the Brewers. So it's super tenuous. I think if they're in, you can chalk some of this up, and you can re, you know, reload, so to speak, for 2023. If they're out, is there some level of reckoning, and what would that look like? I don't know.
3: Yeah, it's going to be very fascinating to see because, like you have said, last year was a one-in-a-hundred-year collapse. What is this year if they don't make the postseason after the moves you made? Like, how do you how do you spin that? How is this organization and franchise going to spin that if they don't make the postseason? And I'm not saying it's like know. all doom and gloom because, um, look, like we've said, one good week could change everything. If they the week they had when they swept the giants and then last mm-hmm. week, the, the taking two out of three against Arizona, that changed things because if they don't do that, then they are either tied or behind the brewers right now. So you can prolong this thing and make it easier for yourself. If you have a good week stretch. Um, But how do you, how is this organization franchise going to spin this in the off season? Last year, I think- it was easy. Yeah. You needed a new manager. It was a one in a hundred year collapse injuries. Okay. Whatever. How are
2: you going to spin it this year? Right. Because if you have back-to-back one in a hundred year collapses, I saw Rich just put this in the uh, chat. That's literally from a analytic perspective to use that word again, or just the odds of that Or one in 10,000 to have back-to-back one in a hundred year collapses would be a one in 10,000 chance of occurring. Uh, Could that be the Padres here in 2022? Hopefully not. Uh, JD's third, thank you for the super says AJ Tinkler Preller nine years. And then in all caps, we've seen enough.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't
3: the, know. I, I, I am still waiting to see if this team make the postseason. Exactly. What, I mean, what if they make the postseason? They win, they win the first round of the card, And then you definitely are going to be saying the opposite.
2: Yeah. Well, he will be back obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still a chance, as stupid as this sounds. I think Baseball Reference had it at six percent the other day, of the Padres winning the World Series. I mean, there's a chance they miss the postseason entirely, and there's a chance that they win the World Series. So, as we talk about this each and every day, obviously, you ride the highs and the lows. I mean, we really don't know how this ends up. You know, you know what the you know what the how
3: they're going to spin it if they don't make the postseason. It was the curse.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know who they need back is. Brandon Drury. Um, Anthony, thank you for uh, just the chat. He says, Soto, Bell, Hader, and Drury, John. Talking about what, the trade deadline or A.J. Preller? I mean, okay, let me ask you this, Anthony, <laughs> who's a loyal viewer. And let me ask Jim this and everyone here. Somebody wouldn't have traded for Juan Soto and Josh Bell based on the years they were having, so the career he's having. Somebody wouldn't have traded for Josh Hader based on, what, the bad month he put together before the deadline. They wouldn't have traded for Brandon Drury, who was – Oh, top fifteen OPS player in the National League, top fifteen slugger in the National League prior to the trade. Like were these asked, were these poor decisions to make asked, these trades? If you asked
3: every team that was in the hunt and buyers the deadline, and like, hey, do you want Juan Soto? Do you want Brandon Drew? Do you want Josh Bell? Would you want Josh Hader? There, find me a team, maybe besides the Dodgers, that would tell you no. Dodgers would actually tell you yes on Soto, of course. But I mean, it's who nobody knew that once this team traded for Juan Soto, he would go 30 plus games and be have the probably the worst lump he's ever had in his career. It's like the worst 30 game run of
2: his career, maybe.
3: Yeah. No one thought that Josh Hader was going to be a horrible pitcher when he got traded here, at least for the first handful of starts. Mm -hmm. No one predicted that. While Josh Bell's having a career year, he comes here and he has like an O for thirty stretch. <laughs> right. Good point. Yeah. It's it is is that it is goes back to what I said. How it is just weird how these coincidences coincidences keep happening to this franchise.
2: Yeah, but again, can it be? I mean, it's a fair point. Like Zay says, he would have never had this slump if he got traded to another team. I mean, obviously. We can't say that factually because we don't know. There's no way to know if that's true or not. And like you just said, Jim, I mean, is it just not coincidence or is there something more to that? Because beyond coaching and playing and into the deep levels of the organization and the front office and the analytics as Mm -hmm. to why players slump when they end up here. Like, are they not, like if they're slumping, are they not given
3: the right things to correct it? Are they not given anything? Are they, like, what is it? And why is it not working if they're, if they're given instructions and tips and how to, how to, you know, fix, fix things like fix them. them. Like that's, that's their job. That is AJ Preller's job. That's the analytics department's job for however many people are in it. That's the coaching staff's job is to fix the players that are
2: not doing well. I picture this, the way this analytics department is being framed. It's like some guy like making nine bucks an hour that like, picks not up donuts weird. every day and like but has it, like a it, it Windows ninety five dude.
3: What? It kind of was for a bit
2: there. I'm 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 a little wary. I I, I think we need to be careful. I, I listen, I'm not saying they have a great analytics department, but I mean this idea that we know they have the worst analytics department I think is a little bit of a
3: No I never said they had the worst one. I just said
2: they're at the bottom they're they're closer to bottom of the league than closer to the top of the league. Probably true. Could be true. Um, and then there's this, it's the damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? JD's third, sometimes the best move is doing nothing. Oh, they yeah, couldn't have but done it. They did they nothing. Couldn't have, they, could have they done. did nothing last year.
3: Could you imagine if this team did nothing at the deadline? Holy Guess shit. what happened
2: last year when they did nothing? They Literally, they fell apart. Yeah. This team has stayed together better than last year because this team is still 13 games over. If they finished under 500 this year, it'd be like worse than last year's collapse. This team's going to finish over 500. Question is, will they be in the postseason? Right, but they're still 500 teams since June 1st. Yeah, I think under, right? I think so too, yeah. They're 13 over. At one point, they were 17 over. So from that date on, they're four under. So whenever that date was, when they were first 17 over, I think it was in May, from whenever that was in May until today, June, July, August, half of September, some of May, three and a half months, teams four games under 500. So Not they've had enough. plenty of chances to put this thing on ice. Plenty. They'd be 500 right now over that stretch. They'd be four, five, six games up on the Brewers, but they just haven't put this – put it away. And now these 21 games, I'm telling you, Jim, if you get back home – and this is going to happen. They'll have clinched nothing, obviously. Those final nine games of the year, all at home, as poorly as the Padres have recently played at home where they can't score runs, where they can't consistently win series, you got nine games to finish up your regular season at home. And let's say you're clinging to a one-game lead or a two-game lead or you're down a game or down two games or even, and you've got is- to produce – this is how tight they'll be. They'll be this I think it's tighter than that. They'll be this tight and
3: probably tighter than that.
2: If you know, you know. I mean, it's it's scary
3: as though well, to envision. As, as us in the fan base will be too. Everybody will be tight. And you you will you guarantee you go to that ballpark and that scenario plays out, like you said, you're gonna feel it in that crowd. The tightness from everybody. They go down one
2: nothing in the first inning. People are gonna freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Albert, for this. It says 33 and 37. That's in their last 70. Minus 50 run differential in their last 70 games. It's about 0.8 runs per game. We padded our record early with unsustainable pitching. Who are... We are who we are, sorry. One and done if we're lucky.
3: Well, I'd rather be lucky than not. Like I'd rather, I'd rather tr- have the opportunity to be lucky than not get in. Because yeah. you get in, no, guess I'm what? Lucky. You can be
2: lucky. And if you don't get in, you have you don't even have a chance. I'm with you. No, I'm with you on that. Um, I see. And again, Sean, I hope you're
3: right, but he needs to turn it around now. Right. And I have faith in Juan Soto over the next two years that he will be Juan Soto. Um, But you're in a stretch where you need him to be Juan Soto. You can't afford to wait till the start of next season for this guy to look like Juan Soto. Like, you Mm -hmm. need him now. This is why you got him. You didn't get him for next year. You didn't get him for two years from now. You got him for this year and next year and the following year. Like, this year is just as important. Because you don't know what's going to happen next season with injuries and whatnot. Okay? You don't know any of that stuff. So, while you have a chance now is when you need him to be the guy that you traded for.
2: Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, listen, and I'm with you. I mean, I know you were there Friday night. I'm watching Saturday and Sunday. I mean, it, it, there's times where it looks like I don't know what percent of the crowd is Dodger fans. Some of the people here in the chat were there this weekend. Jimmy you were there Friday, but you watch 10, a game like today and you see the home runs the Dodgers are hitting. It looks like, you know, six out of every 10 fans are supporting the Dodgers, not the Padres. Yeah, 10 to
3: 15,000, you want to say? That's a
2: lot. Yeah, that's that's more like, you know, what, 30%, something like that. But it feels like more when they're playing the way they were playing this weekend.
3: I mean, the last two games, they just just shitting the bed is an understatement. They shit the bed, they piss the bed all the same time, and they threw up
2: everywhere afterwards.
3: (laughs) That's how the last two games went.
2: Uh, It's interesting from Vector. Vector, thank you again for hanging out. He says, I wish I had your optimism, guys. I don't know how optimistic we've necessarily been. Maybe me more so than Jim tonight. Uh, You at least trying to rally us. I mean, we've said, I mean, let's be clear. If they miss the postseason, it's extremely damning. They'll be vilified, first and foremost, by us, Jim and I. If they make the postseason, obviously the story is a different one. And here's what we're riding right now. This fine line of in or out. 21 games to be played. If it was over right now in the problem, and it is a problem for the Padres because of their schedule and the way they've played, is it isn't over. I could see this team going 7-14 down the stretch, or I could see this team going 13-8. and eight. All of that is within reach, right? I mean, with their yep. schedule, they could go 7-14 and 14 down the stretch. They could also play the way they played before these last two Dodgers games where they were 9-4 and four over the prior 13 games so everything's still on the line literally everything for this team is still on the line and we're going to find out over the next three weeks whether it's good enough or not um i think it was thursday or after friday's win one of the days
3: i think it was after everything it was after wednesday's win first the diamondbacks last week padres and diamondbacks or padres and brewers the numbers game if you mm-hmm. just played the numbers game if the Padres went 500, 12 and 12 down the stretch, that means the Brewers would need to go 18 and eight. So you're still looking at that and you're still saying, okay, that's, that's doable because like this team has been a 500 team since June.
2: Yeah. But the problem with that is the math changes every day and that math no longer applies. No, you're right. they are two up and the idea, and I say two. this idea that they're three up is somewhat a fallacy. Because if you give up the three games, you're out. So you're 2.001 up. Like you're if you're even, you're in. If you're not even, you're out. I mean, you're literally two games up with a tiebreaker. That's what it is. If you finish one game out, you don't have that three game lead. You've got a two-game lead with a tiebreaker. So the math doesn't apply anymore. Um, the Brewers essentially have to play three games better than you from here on out. Is that hard to envision? Not really. When you're playing the Dodgers and the Cardinals mm-hmm. and the Mariners. And the Rockies and the Diamondbacks on the road. So it's like, you, we've said this for weeks now, Jim. They have to play their way in. I still feel that way. I do not think they back in these final 21 games. If they go 9 and 12, I say they're out. And if they're not out, they got lucky. And like you said, it's better to be lucky sometimes than good. And we would, I'd still take it. Yeah. I would take it
3: too. you win, 80, you win 87 games, you make it by the skin of your teeth. You take that in a fucking second.
2: Right. And where is Seattle in this, in this American League? Um, i don't know playoff situation where are they i mean right there they're literally fighting for their lives and they haven't been in the postseason in 20 years mm-hmm. so let's see Wildcard standings in the american league heading to seattle a team that's played well certainly in the second half of the year come on computer and you got
3: beat up by the mariners when they were here in san diego
2: well, you know what? Yeah, You're right. Seattle's going to make the postseason because they're the fifth spot right now tied for the fourth, a half game up on Toronto, but the seventh place team is five and a half games behind Toronto, which means they have a six-game lead on a playoff spot. So barring a ridiculous collapse, Seattle likely will be in the postseason, but Seattle's 79-61. and 61. Huh. I mean, they've had a really good year, a better year than the Padres to this point. Yeah. I agree there. So a little bit of a not a little bit of a scary series. a scary series. Like you said, they outplayed the Padres here whenever mm-hmm. that was, a couple of they months to, ago. Don't
3: they go to Arizona this next weekend? Mm-hmm. For four. Do they face Zach Gallen? 80% chance without knowing, but four games. And you'll probably maybe see Mer- Merrill Kelly again. Right. This is not going to get easier, guys. And then when you come home, guess what? You face the Cardinals
2: for three. <laughs> if there's any advantage, I would think it would still be the advantage of you've got the off days you need to manipulate your starting pitching, to save your bullpen, to rest some of these position players like Manny Machado that play every single day and don't play at 100%. But I don't think it's going to save them. I don't think off days is going to save this team.
3: No, because, dude, the last off day they had on Thursday was a disaster because the Brewers took two from the Giants. That's right. Yeah, and you you can lose game. the And you, you have no control on off days. So you could easily lose games on off
2: days, and you can't go out there and... and you know, do anything about it from the moment we talked about that. Hey, they got to go 18 and eight or whatever to close and the Padres have to play 500 Brewers swept the Giants and took two out of three from the Reds. They're four, They're four and one, and one. <laughs> in that 18 and eight. So all of a sudden they got to go uh 14 and seven in and this hypothetical and you're one and two and yeah, you're one. At, exactly. In the last three games. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, I do want to remind our viewers about our partner here on the wrap-up show, Aura. You can get 30% off your very first order. There's a company with offices in San Diego. Their co-founder, Will is a huge supporter of this channel. Uh, He's a San Diegan offices right here in San Diego at Liberty station. If you click this build your routine button, you're getting 30% off your very first order. That's right. 30% off your very first order, all plant-based nutritional products. I'm talking about probiotics. I take one every single day for digestion. They also have pre-workout supplements. They have proteins for after workouts, omega-3 oils, which are good for everyone, obviously. They have sleep supplements, immunity pills. If you're looking to get healthier, if you want to support this channel, if you want 30% off your first order, if you want to support a local business with their co-founder, Willis of San Diegan, and a huge Padres fan, check out the website, ora.organic. Again, plant-based nutrition, ora.organic, or click that link down below.
3: Yeah, go there right now. Build build your routine. You get 30% off your first order. You have everything you need to live a healthy lifestyle there. Go there right now. You will thank us later. www.aura.organic. Again, www.aura.organic. Build your routine. 30% off your first order.
2: I'll tell you this, too. If Pujols is sitting on 698 or more, and he needs one more to be at 698 next week, then Petco Park will be St. Louis. I mean, it will be filled with Redbird fans. If he's sitting on 690, even at 697, it's probably filled. because it's a three-game series. But if he's sitting on 697, 98, 99, if he doesn't get to 700 prior, I mean, that alone is going to be a massive storyline coming into San Diego. It was so predictable. We've been talking about this for weeks. Of course, Pujols would be in line to a 700th at Petco Park. And as we sit here today, Jim, he is in line potentially to do that. You know, it's going to
3: happen, right? <laughs> what? I said, you know, it's going to happen, right?
2: Oh, 700 here. Yeah, yeah, it will happen imagine if like we caught the ball which just like i was like out in the outfield getting an acai bowl and like he hit the ball to me i was like oh what would you do with it i throw back i don't care <laughs> i would be like i'll give it back to you but you have to come on our radio show true you know what that's a really good call i'd be like i'll give it back to you you just have to get a padre to come on our radio show <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be impossible <laughs>
3: And, if, and if, even if we could get a Padres on the radio show, we, we would definitely get Stephen Wilson. I'm fine with it. Give me the Let's, Bill Krizmat. He's not even on the team. The the 700 home run ball for Albert Pujols will get you Stephen Wilson.
2: Would you make that
3: trade, Jim? Honestly, yes.
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. The idea of that is ridiculous. The idea of ending up with his 700th home run. No, no,
3: no. What here here's a question. What's what's more likely to happen? You catching his
2: seven hundred home run ball or us getting a Padres on the radio? A Padres player. Probably no. me catching the seven hundredth home run. Right. Did you see what he told the fan today who caught six ninety seven or yesterday? No. They went down and were gonna give him the ball because they felt like it would be important to him. So like they took him down to the clubhouse. It was like a, a couple. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think they were Cardinals fans, in fact. And they were going to give it back to him. And he said, it means more to you than it does to me. You keep it. Wow. So not only did they get to keep the ball, he then signed two balls for them as well. So they left with three balls, two signed, maybe three. The 697 ball and then two signed baseballs as well from Albert Pujols. Pretty cool stuff. I mean, again, if you're Albert Pujols, do you need every ball? Do you need 693 and 94? He's probably like, dude, no. if I get the 700 great, but I don't need 697. What would you ask? If you were like a fan, what would you ask for? If you're a cardinal fan, you're saying,
3: or no? I'm just saying a, fa- a fan in general. Like, and they they're like, hey, we want to bring you down here. What do you want from Pujols? What would you ask from?
2: Man, that is a really good question, Jim. I mean, I would probably want like a signed jersey. You probably don't get the jersey from the game though that he hit that home run in. Mm-hmm. But I would probably want a jersey. I'd want a signed baseball. I'd want a picture or two. I, you know, what I, mean? I mean, things like that would be my guess. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask. I'm always amazing people want tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I guess you can get it. If you don't give it back, you can get money for it. But I don't know. I would just probably want some of those experiences that you can't buy. I'd want something from someone that you can't buy, would be my guess. Someone's like, oh, ask for a Bugatti. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? With someone <laughs> as rich as Pools, maybe they, he would give you money for it. I, I don't know. Does he even like again? He didn't want 697. Is he gonna pay for 700?
3: Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm the same way with you. I, I would want you know picture because picture pictures last forever. Uh, sign a jersey for me, and I'd get it framed and something like that. You know, mm-hmm. but um, definitely at the minimum a picture, and some and maybe some signed stuff.
2: But you're right. I think you and I, if we got the ball, <laughs> hey, here's the deal. Anyone on the wrap up show, if you catch the ball, or if it's me or Jim, can you ask in your requests? <laughs> to get Albert Poles with us on the radio or on the wrap up show on YouTube. That's what yeah. I would ask for. It's all we want. We kind of dope. It'd be so um, funny. The
3: fans like, uh, what do you want just to go on with John and Jim on San Diego sports 760 um, from three to one. six on the radio.
2: <laughs> You'd be like, okay. Like, what the fuck? Uh, double zero saying, Pachas have the hardest schedule and of all wildcard teams. If they make it in the playoffs, show, some grit, but if they don't, well, dot, 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 hardest schedule. I mean that'll be maybe some of the excuse and the reasoning yeah but i'm
3: tired of excuses like
2: that honestly yeah, last year's schedule was hard and like i'm just i'm just tired of those
3: excuses the only excuse that i'm going to use is to just they didn't they just gotta play better Hmm. Yeah.
2: You know? oh you want this is funny pedro wants uh nick martinez's boat for <laughs> albert pool 700 so funny you're like you're like
3: how what do you want from Albert pools can you get our pools to get a signed jersey from Manny Machado for me?
2: <laughs> right. No. Here's the thing, Double Zero. No, we're with you. We. It is the hardest schedule, but like they should have put themselves in a position to be in the postseason before these 21 games. Like they should be more yeah. than two games up. Like if they were, if
3: they're seven games up, and they're like the fifth and they'd
2: seed. Be, they'd be good. You, you. wouldn't be worried about having the hardest schedule. No, not overly worried. With but now it's one to yeah, it's worry time. Two games is nothing, and I agree with Rich. I mean, they can win these games. Uh, you know, they won three in San Francisco. I know the wheels have fallen off the Giants. Um, you know, they've they're capable of winning. You know, ten of the next twenty one games, eleven of the next twenty one games. That could be enough to get them in, but they're also capable of not playing that well, potentially, based mm-hmm. on the way we've seen this team play recently it's gonna it's gonna be fascinating to watch the problem is you're playing opponents that have a lot to play for as well right Seattle St. Louis Dodgers arguably I guess but they can keep you out which is probably motivation enough Arizona again arguably but they can keep you out looks like Colorado to some extent has rolled over but they've never had success at Coors Field the Padres that's that's a problem it is it is um, all right, guys, we're going to wrap up here. By the way, please join us tomorrow, 11 a.m. We're going to try to simulcast on YouTube. If not, we're on Wait Room, where we're doing a question of the day for 30 minutes, and you can literally interact with us by, like, appearing with your video on the screen with us in 90-second increments. We'll have a Padres-related topic for you tomorrow at 11 a.m. You'll see it on social media, so follow us at John Schaefer, at Jim Russell SD. The website, I'm going to put it into the chat right now, Weight Room. Dot com backslash SD Sports 760. Join us tomorrow morning at eleven a.m. Free to sign up too, so don't worry yeah. about that. It doesn't cost you a penny. Just nope. hang out with us, please. It's we literally just it. like our YouTube show, just on a different platform. Yeah, exactly. So join us on weight Room tomorrow at eleven a.m. We're gonna to try to simulcast it as well on YouTube. Also, this reminder: the wrap-up show is the official podcast of friars on baseball.com. Uh, Presented by Higher Impact Financial and higherimpactfinancial.com. Thank you, Eric Lanier, for your support of this channel and the podcast. He's the founder of Higher Impact Financial. He's also San Diego born and raised. His mission is simple. It's to align his clients' values and passions with their finances. He's a fiduciary, which means he only makes recommendations that truly make sense for you. He specializes in retirement planning for individuals and couples who are looking to retire in five years or less. And along with that, if you're a new family trying to figure out financial planning and investing, Eric can help you too, whether it's figuring out how to manage your debt or paying for college for your kids or improving your cash flow. Again, a San Diegan, if you support this channel, please support Eric Lanier, higherimpactfinancial.com, phone number 951-383-3033. That is 951-383-3033. All right. As always, please support our partners. And I see the super that's just rolled in. Thank you, Luis, for that. Let's start there. Uh, Luis saying thank you, by the way, for this very generous super. Thanks, Luis. Luis saying Seattle's pumped up right now. Won't be easy on the upside. Soto will get into a good groove and Drury will return soon. We never even mentioned that, but is it too late? Drury will not return for Seattle. Mm-hmm. The earliest he's going to return is Arizona on Thursday. And that's been a pretty sizable loss. Concussions
3: are tricky, man. They're, mm-hmm. they're unpredictable. And
2: you could say seven days, but they, they could last for a long time. Could be months, right? Months, yeah. And to not have Brandon Drury, when your offense has been helter-skelter, hot and cold, is a yeah. pretty big loss. He's had some big hits. He hasn't been unbelievably effective on offense, but he has had some big moments for this team. And they could use him. I mean, it's an upgrade over whatever else they're throwing out there right now in the absence a Brandon Drury. Who are they throwing out there right now without Brandon Drury? I don't will know. I have no idea. And Josh Bell and I don't know. Yeah, they need, they could use Brandon Drury. So thank you so much, Louise for that super. Thank you guys for hanging out here tonight. Please support our partners, Mark Nimitz at farmer's insurance, auto home runners, life earthquake insurance. Mark is your guy. There's a link down below. He's the title sponsor of the wrap up show. Aura. make sure to check him out. Their co-founder will is a San Diegan nutritional products that are all plant-based 30% off your first order. Click the link down below, ORA.organic. And of course, Omar Sanchez at Edge Home Finance, loansbyomar.com. That is loansbyomar.com. Or scan the QR code on the screen right now. All right. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning on Wait Room at 11 a.m. Our next wrap up show will be following game one of that Mariners Padre series up in the Pacific Northwest on Tuesday evening. And until tomorrow morning, for Jim, I'm John. This has been the wrap up show. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay